Welcome to the Seashore Church Message of the Week. This message is designed to bring more of heaven into your world today. For more resources like this, or to learn more about our church, visit seashorechurch.com. You guys know our Pastor Paul, who who is in Turkey. Actually, not in Turkey. He's here. Um, But this is Paul's last Sunday here. He's actually heading back to Turkey on Wednesday. And um, I love it because this has been a good refreshing time for him of the last two months of being here, but he's chomping at the bit to get back. I'm like, that's a pretty good sign, you know, to get back and, and continue the work of what we're doing in Turkey. And uh, tomorrow we're actually heading up to D.C. because he's got to renew his passport the day before he flies out. How many of you that stresses you out a little bit? But with COVID and everything, everything's backlogged, so it's actually the only way to get it renewed is to do it the day before. But we're going to catch a Monday night football game tomorrow night. We're going to watch the Washington football, what are they called? Washington football athletic team something. So it's, it's Washington playing the Seahawks, so it's not going to be the best game ever. But it is on ESPN. And so if you see four guys with their shirts off, because, yes, we'll have our shirts off, then you'll know that's Paul and Clayton. So give him a quick shout. Let's welcome Paul as he comes and shares the word this morning. Thank you, sir. Uh, so thankful for uh, Clayton and Romy. Uh, this has been just a great, refreshing trip home, like he said. I do want to start my timer uh, because... You guys want to eat at some point. There we go. But, yeah, it's been, it's just been incredible being home, being with you guys. So thank you so much to so many of you I got to spend some time with and um, just been very, very encouraging. So I just thank you, and I just hope that you guys understand the great gift that we have in Clayton and Romy. Um, and they're not the only ones. There's so many in the house. But this is the thing that, like one of the things that I don't have in Turkey is like I look around and I see like mothers and fathers that I can look up to, that I can watch people raising families, that I can see people together in church with their families. Uh, so often in Turkey, it's it's one member of the family that's in church and the rest of the family has disowned them, whether it's the mother, whether it's the father, whether it's the child, whatever it is. Uh, A lot of times we talk about the persecution of when a child gives their life to the Lord, their parents disown them. But it can be just as painful, I imagine, if not more painful, that when a mother or a father gives their life to the Lord, that their kids don't want to be in their life anymore, or that their spouse doesn't want to be in their life anymore. And uh, I've I've seen that already. Um, But yeah, I I just hope that we always understand that, the blessing that we have of not only getting to gather together, but having great leaders. Um, so yeah, I'm going to pray before we start. Lord, I just thank you. I thank you that you are, that you are here with us. Lord, I thank you that uh, you have never given up on me. All of the stupid things that I've done in my life, Lord, that you've rescued me, that you've not only rescued me, Lord, but given me a purpose, that you've called me by name. Lord, and I just pray that over every single person here. That if there's anybody here that thinks they've, they've made too many mistakes and they're far too gone and uh, they can be a Christian, but uh, God, won't, God won't give me a purpose, though, or God won't do this or whatever. I've, I've missed it. I made too many mistakes. Lord, I pray that off of people right now. And I pray that every single person knows in here that God literally knit them together in your mother's womb and that he has a plan and a purpose for your life. 
that will never go away. So, Lord, I just thank you and ask you to bless this morning. Amen. My life is not absent of sin, but it's abundant with grace, love, and mercy. I know who my daddy is. I know he went before me, he's beside me, and he's behind me. He's always faithful, and he's never given up on me, and he never will. I do not fear, and I'm not impressed by things of this world that come against me, because there's no place that my God does not reign. There's no place that he is not in full control. Do not fear death. He has conquered that too. I don't give time to the thought of failure, because I know when I step out in faith, he will show up. Just like he showed up for Moses at the Red Sea, and he showed up for Joshua to make the sun stand still. He's shown up for me in so many ways, just the same. He took Peter out of the water, and he took him to the other side. And I know he'll do the same for me. He's done so many miracles for me. And it's just further, when I step out to think about doing something impossible, I know that with God, it is not impossible. For with him, all things are possible. So I'll keep on believing for those impossible things. Somebody said, you're going to see a billion Muslims come to know the Lord in your generation. Sounds impossible, but I believe it. Where I live, it's 0.02% or less of Christians. But I've got it on my heart that that percentage is going to change. And in years to come, it'll be 5%, 10%, 20%, and more of Christians in that nation. I've got it in my heart to impact that whole area. And I know that God has it in his heart too. Those are his children. And the father wants his children back. So it's not impossible. So I'll keep on stepping out. And I know that there's refugees in that nation right now. But God wants to restore those refugees and send them back to Iraq and to Iran and to Syria and to Afghanistan and all those other places. God wants to restore the refugee. If he raised up Joseph when he was left for dead, when he was sold into slavery, when he was accused and imprisoned and put him in charge of a great nation, why can't he do the same with the refugees today? I've got it on my heart because the Lord has it on his heart. people ask me a lot about culture shock they say hey what's the like what's the biggest culture shock and it's funny is that I was talking to somebody about it just the other day and I was like man that's a good question I've been asked it so many times and I couldn't figure out why like I didn't have an answer for it like yeah sure there's different food and like things are different but there's not really like a shock there's no real like oh man that's so shocking but I figured it out is that It's because, though I love my country, this is not where I've pledged my allegiance to this nation. I'm a citizen of heaven. I've pledged my allegiance to the cross. That's what matters. And it doesn't matter, yes, I stand for the anthem. But it doesn't matter if you stand for a national anthem if you don't stand for the cross. If you don't stand up for the things that Jesus stands up for, then all that other stuff just doesn't matter. And that's why I don't feel out of place over there. Yes, I feel like a foreigner in different ways that I can't speak to people that well. And 
Sometimes I'm, I'm very childlike. But it's also brought me a humility and a humbleness of remembering that I can learn from everybody. I saw a new child that I just met, Nathan, praying for somebody for healing. And I was so encouraged. And I wanted to give the word, but I figured I'd tell you guys instead because I was joking about his name before service. But God knows his name already, and God sees him already. And it's not a, and that's for any child, anybody, like, you don't need to wait till you get big. Like, no, we're all small in God's eyes anyways. So, like, just so encouraging. And uh, I just want to share today a little bit about culture shock. So if there was going to be, like, a title of the message, it would be culture shock. And the thing about it is I don't want to experience culture shock. I want to shock the culture. Jesus was a culture shocker. All throughout the Bible, I was, God, it's funny, God put this on my heart, not this morning, but yesterday morning. I, like, woke up to this, this idea of culture shock, and I tried to, like, find in the Bible, like, where are moments where Jesus, like, had a culture shocking moment? Then I realized, like, that's all Jesus had. Like, that was almost all of the stories were of Jesus bringing shock to the culture. Um. And I just want to encourage with you guys, like, what you do matters. The world is watching. Like, literally. Um, on Instagram, I follow this account. It's called Ameriturk Lair. And it's, like, essentially Turkish, like, news about America. And it's, like, them showing Turkey what's happening in America. And, like, people are watching. They're laughing at us. Sometimes they're cheering things on, other times uh, we are still seen as like the beacon of being a free nation. Um, and I just don't want to ever lose that. And I want to encourage you guys that people are watching. Like, I'm watching. I come home and the main reason I'm so fired up and I'm like, I'm literally, I'm like ready to go run through a wall back there is that I'm watching you guys. And like all the things that God's put on my heart to do that seemed impossible, I'm seeing people do it. I'm seeing Shar publish a bush, book while I'm home. And I'm like, God's put that on my heart. Okay, Paul, start writing. I'm seeing uh, Susan and Natalie and Romy and different people that are running schools. God put that on my heart to open up a Christian school in Turkey one day, which seems impossible. But you guys are doing it. And I know that God can do it there too. It's not me doing anything. It's what God wants to do. He's put it on my heart because it's on his heart. I went to uh, Kim Sansalone, did I say it right? Sansalone, sorry, uh, had me at Norfolk Christian, Norfolk Christian, something like that, one of those schools that's a Christian school and it's in Norfolk. And uh, man, I was just so fired up when I was in there and I was like, Turkey needs this too. Like the, the world needs this. Um, fired up, I see uh, Brandon's not here today, I don't think, but seeing what some of the things that Brandon's doing in the courts and, and standing up and, and getting involved in politics, then I'm like, amen, Turkey needs that too. And God's put, like, two guys on my heart that he's like, just encourage them dudes. They're going to be in government one day, and they're going to be leading that nation in some ways. And it's like, God can do that too. And I'm just, I'm just ready to go because of the example that I get to follow here. I think of 1 Corinthians 11, and it says, follow, follow me, 
as I follow Christ. Paul's talking. Follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. I'm following you guys. I might be the one up here talking today, but I'm following you guys of what I see y'all doing because you guys are following the Lord. Yes, Jesus, my Savior. Sure, sorry, you're not. But I'm watching you guys and what you guys are doing, and I'm just encouraged. I'm like, I can do it too. Clayton and Romy have started a college. Like, God can do that there too. And I'm just, I'm just ready to go. I'm ready to do it. And I hope that, like, whatever it is that God's put on your guys' heart, that you're ready to go do it too. And that if you're not ready, keep coming here. Keep surrounding yourself with other people that are doing it, whatever that doing it is, raising a family, being a fantastic mother and father. Um, yeah, it's, it's just funny. I, I shared this with some other people the other day of that people are being loud with their opinions these days, not like people were ever quiet about it. But a lot of people are like really loud about their opinions that are uh, what I think are total trash. And it's like, if they can be loud with those opinions, I can be loud with this. I can be loud with the word of God. And it's like, well, thank you for giving me. If I didn't already have the okay to do it, if you're being okay with whatever you found on the internet, then I can find the boldness to be okay with the timeless word of God. And I just encourage you guys of just continuing to stand on that. Um, Akeem. I wanted to encourage you this morning that, you know, you're, you're a really smart dude, and you're, uh, you're quiet and humble, but you stand on the Word of God. And you know, I served 17 years in the military, and it was kind of tough to let go. If I'm, if I'm being honest, it's one of the things I have to repent of on a, on a pretty regular basis of not looking back because I, I loved it. But recently, God really put it on my heart that, like, Paul, that was all just training. That was a 17-year boot camp to go serve me and to go do this. And, Akeem, I share that because I think it could be a similar story for you. And I don't know what's next, but of trusting the Lord and realizing that though you may have put in a lot of hard work to get somewhere, that it can all just be training for whatever is next. And again, we get to follow and imitate those around us that are doing it. And your wife is a great example that she's doing it, that she stepped out in faith and left different things behind, and it's just doing it. And I just know that God's got you, and he's, he's got a, a great plan and a purpose for you that is worth stepping out for. I just love you guys, and I thank you. If you guys don't know Akeem and Yasmina Prosser, you should. They're like brothers, brother and sister to me. I love them. Uh, thank you, guys. But I also, you know, so Jesus, Jesus was a culture shocker. How did he, how did he shock culture? Uh, one of the first ways he shocked culture, we'll go to John fourteen twelve. is Jesus shocked culture by giving power away. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me, will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. And not only is this encouraging for us that we have the Holy Spirit 
and that we can do even greater things in the Lord. But it's just encouraging to know that you're following somebody that though his name is above all names, he wants to see you do greater things. Like he's, he's, he's never going to hold you back because he's, he wants to have his name elevated. His name is going to be elevated anyways. But he like literally is giving us the power. He's given us the authority. We see in Matthew 28, the Great Commission, where he says, all power, all authority has been given to me, and I give it to you. Like, this is a culture shocker. So many people just want to get more and more power for themselves, and Jesus shocked the culture by saying, I give it away to you. So I want to encourage you guys to walk in it, and don't just delegate power. Don't just delegate things, but do like Jesus did and raise people up and teach them and equip them and send them out. Jesus shocked the culture next by forgiving. Uh, Luke 19. We have Luke 19? I'm not sure. If not, I have a Bible. Uh, I don't know if I gave you Luke 19. Let's go Luke 5, 19 through 21. Boom. When they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and lowered him on his mat through the tiles into the middle of the crowd right in front of Jesus. When Jesus saw their faith, he said, friend, your sins are forgiven. The Pharisees and the teachers of the law began thinking to themselves, who is this fellow who speaks blasphemy? Who can forgive sins but God alone? And this, this was a culture shocker, but it was the truth. And Jesus didn't care about what persecution was coming his way. He was the one that could forgive sins, and he was bold enough to share it. And that's something that, like, I want people to know, that we need to share that, that love with people of being able to step into people's lives and know that there's forgiveness for them. It's a shulker shulker culture, shock culture, shocker, wow, there we go. It's a culture shocker of forgiveness. Like, so often when people do stuff where they know they're wrong, when you forgive them, they're, they're shocked. And it builds, it builds a bond and it builds a curiosity of what makes you different and introduces the idea that, that it's Jesus. Uh, about 10 years ago, it was 2010, 2011, and I might have told this story before, but that was the last time that people were martyred in Turkey. And uh, one of the widows of one of the ones that was martyred, like, came out with a statement of forgiveness. And that was something that really helped build the gospel message all throughout Turkey, that this is real. Some lady just had her husband killed because of his faith, and she says, you're forgiven? People start to think about stuff when you forgive them. It also tells me, though, that we too can be forgiven. Like, I mess up still, always. I need forgiveness. But I don't need to hide it. I can bring it. I can expose it to the light. That's where the growth happens when it's exposed. But also just the understanding that I can, I can truly come to the Father. Um, vulnerability, vulnerability brings people together. No one can relate to perfection. When, when we see the, the people with the, with the perfect-looking everything, 
I don't know about you, but it doesn't make me be like, oh, man, I want to go hang out with them, like, immediately. It makes me like, man, I need to go hit the gym 17 more times before I can leave the house or, you know, whatever. I don't know. I need to get my stuff together before I can enter into something. And Jesus is never like that. And neither, sh- neither should we, right? Like, it's all, it's all good to show off our goodness and our blessings and, and to portray things in the manner that you want to portray them. Great. However, I just encourage you to be vulnerable with one another. That if you're going through something and you're having a tough time or things are good, whatever it is, that when we're able to be vulnerable with one another, it really grows that relationship. And the things that we're looking for uh, will come out of that. Clayton shared about how thankfulness is a cure to anxiety. I also think there's, there's something to it of, of having somebody to share your struggles with that will just help bring you peace as well. I don't have any scientific facts to it. I just have the experience in my life. That's, that's all I need. Um, yeah, so Jesus, the culture shocker. Uh, the other way that he shocked the culture was putting the highest value on relationships. When asked about what was the greatest commandment, to love, your, to love God above all others, to love your neighbor as yourself, to love, to love people, to love God. That's it, right? That's the highest commandment. Not, I guess like all the other commandments will kind of end up getting wrapped into that sometimes. But he didn't say do not kill or, you know, we could think about it like, well, killing somebody sounds worse than not loving them. But he shocked everybody by saying it's love and just figuring out a way to love people. What does that look like? For me, it looks like honoring people. When you honor people, when you, when you show appreciation to people, when you're generous with your time and with your attention, that's love. When you're having the, the talk with somebody in the lobby and you're really listening to them, that's love. Uh, when somebody's going through it and you drop off, one of my favorite things to do, I drop off the wonderful crumble cookies to people. And I would encourage you to drop off crumble cookies to people because it's amazing. My address is 746 Oleander. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but it's something that I learned in real estate. I had a, like a real estate coaching company type thing that I followed for a while. And they encouraged doing what were called pop-by gifts where you just pop by somebody's house and just drop something off. And maybe you don't even ring the doorbell or say hi or anything. You just Maybe you were supposed to say hi, but I was always too timid to do that, so I would just drop it on the doorstep and run. Um, But people would love it. And it's one of the things that I've started doing in Turkey is that there's a lot of people that, like, I cannot communicate with that well, but they've been very helpful to me. Like, simply, like, there's, like, two ladies at the grocery store that are, like, they're just really kind, and they just, I don't know, they, they appreciate my struggle with the language, and they've been helpful, and there's people at... Uh, the bank that's like right next to my place and a coffee shop or whatever. Um, These like maintenance guys in my apartment complex, just like drop them stuff off. And they're just like so blown away. Like they cannot, it's what, this is for me, you know, like what did I do? And I don't know that they're saying that sometimes, but I think they're saying that (laughs) at least by their facial expression. Um, So 
I don't know. Like, I just encourage you guys. It's something to, like, showing gratitude to people. It just comes back to you in such a beautiful way. Um, and it's something that, I don't know, Jesus gave it all to us, right? I can, I can give a little, and it doesn't need to be money, like, or uh, items that cost money. You know, like, I've left handwritten notes on people's windshields or something. Like, whatever. It's just, people just love it. I don't know about you guys, but that's what love looks like to me. Um, just little simple acts of kindness unexpected gifts at unexpected times. Has anybody seen Finding Forrester before? It's a great movie. You should watch it. But unexpected gift at an unexpected time was something that uh, they said in that movie, and I loved it. It's not in the Bible. Um, Jesus also shocked the culture by telling people that it wouldn't be easy. Sometimes people try to convince you to join a movement or join something because it's going to be all good. And it's, and it's going to be easy. This is the way. Um, I've got suckered into two pyramid schemes in my life. Neither one of them were easy, but they got sold to me that they were easy. Um, I only lost like $50, but still. Um, in Luke 9.23 is where I see this. In Luke 9.23, said, Then he said to them all, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. And the first time I read that, I was like a brand new Christian. So it's just one of the, one of the verses that has just always stuck with me. Uh, and it's this carry across daily thing that makes me, one, I, I kind of like have questions sometimes, well, what is my cross? What does that look like? But it's the daily thing that, like, we've got to make this decision every day if we want to be a disciple, not three days a week, one day a week, two days a week. And that's not to put pressure on us. But at the same time, like this is the, this is the key to the better life is to do this daily. If I go work out daily and I eat right daily, then I'm going to be in better shape. But since I eat right one day a week and I work out five days a week, I'm in this constant battle of back and forth, and he doesn't want us to be hot or cold, sorry, he wants us to be hot or cold, but not lukewarm, right, and that's where I see this, is that I need to do this daily, my daily, yes, miracles happen in a moment, right, we pray for somebody, and they're healed in a moment, but I believe that it's when we continually say these daily yeses, that when we daily warm up by reading the word, when we daily pray, when we daily make bigger prayers and faith-stretching prayers, when we daily are taking in the right stuff, feeding our minds and our bodies and our souls the good stuff daily, and we make that our spiritual habits, when we're fasting and spending quiet time, maybe not fasting daily, but um, fasting daily between like 12 and 4 a.m., Something, but just building the habits, and I would struggle even with that. I'm going to wake up and grab whatever's around. In the, can't help it. Um, I need to help it. But just daily, just what are the things that we can do daily to try to get moving in, in the better trajectory instead of the back and forth of life? 
And I think for me, that's been one of the big culture shockers, culture shockers of coming back home is sometimes seeing stuff that still seems to be stuck for people that it's like, I promise the answer is right here of, of following this word and staying surrounded by people like this. Um, I met with somebody recently and I was asking them when the last time they were in church was, and they said before COVID and it just like, just hurt me because I had seen great progress in this person's life and beautiful blessings coming into their life. And then they got comfortable and they used an excuse to not surround themselves in this anymore. And it just constantly reminds me of, of the idea of who's in more trouble, the persecuted or the comfortable. When you're persecuted, you stay on, you stay on a swivel. When I was in Iraq, when we were driving places that we knew, like this is a tough, this is a tough neighborhood, we were all ready. We were all alert. And there were other times where dudes were sleeping in the turret of their gun. Like, oh, we've been down this road a million times before. We're on our way home, da-da-da, whatever. And maybe they weren't, like, actually sleeping, but not really paying attention. And that's when stuff happens. When I remember the, the guy we lost literally was, like, a quarter mile from outside the base where we got hit. And it was, we were comfortable. People got comfortable. And people die. And the same thing happens with us. When you get comfortable, you die. Like, you're moving in one of two directions. But when you're persecuted, or at least when you're standing up for what you know God's put on your heart, persecution can look different. It can look different in that you can share your godly opinion, and people can tell you that you're crazy and you need to conform and you're da-da-da, whatever, and they can tell you're not invited to Thanksgiving dinner anymore. That can be persecution. I promise it's worth it to stand up for what we know God's called us to. Um, I'm going to close up. Um, yeah. I just want to encourage you guys to be culture shockers. And the way that we shock culture is to continually put the word inside of us and that it will flow out of us. And I'm preaching to myself, like, I need to, <laughs> I need to consecrate myself more, and I need to set time apart. And I know that we, wanna, we want to, uh, you know, it's not a works-based faith. We're not saved by our works. But some of those works help us stay stable when the storms come. Uh, the, those, those habits, those rituals, those spiritual disciplines, when the storms come, you have a stable ground to stand on. You have routine to go back to when everything else is in chaos. Uh, so, yeah, just want to encourage us to be stable and to find stable ground to stand on. There's a difference in being stable and being comfortable. So comfortable is slouched down on a couch with the blanket on. Stable is, I think about like a shooting position where I'm, I'm, I'm here and I'm ready. And if you come and you push me a little bit right now, I'm not going to move. I'm stable. And how do we find that stability? 
We start our day with the Father. We start our day on God's word, standing on his word, standing on his promises, having gratitude. Um, yeah. One more verse, uh, 1 John four twelve. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us, and his love is made complete in us. And just be in the culture shocker, culture shocker. The, there's so many people out there that have not seen God, but they see us. The world is watching you, whether you know it or not. People are watching you. And I just want to encourage you guys to open up your lives to people around you and realize that we are all missionaries, every single one of us. You are a missionary, and we're all called to be part of it. Jesus came from heaven to earth. And he's sending you today to do greater things than he did. He's called you to do greater things than he did. He's commanded us to be strong and courageous. It's not to be, yes, we can be meek and humble. We don't need to be prideful. If you look at me, I'm better than Jesus. No, you're, I'm not better than Jesus. None of us are. But we can do greater things. He said it, not me. And I think the greatest way to do that, though, is to be greater in our love. To, to that's, that's what we're trying to do, to love people, to, to open our lives to people, to be interruptible to people, to, to work towards that, not work towards. There's a balance of striving and contentment and working and being lazy and finding that balance, finding that, that stability of where you're at. Um. I'm going to close with this. I said I was closing five minutes ago. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. That's uh, James 1, 2 through 4. So I'm just going to close in prayer is that, Lord, I pray that when troubles of any kind come around us, that we consider it pure joy, Lord, that we know that it truly is an opportunity to go through something with you, that we need to rely on you. I think about the times in my military service where I grew closest to people when, when stuff hit the fan, when we were going through it together. And I pray, Lord, that we have that community here, that we're there for each other, truly there for each other, that we really are family. And I pray for people as their faith is being tested, that they don't quit in the middle of it. Let your endurance grow. Stay in it. Stay in the battle. Keep lifting the weight, so to speak. Keep doing whatever it is that's testing your faith. Lord, I, th I think about the workouts when the workout gets tough, if I quit, I don't get through that progress. 
And, Lord, I just pray for the strength, the mental, spiritual fortitude and focus for people to see you as they're walking through whatever those struggles are and that they come out on the other side stronger, fully developed, perfect and complete, needing nothing. And in that, their faith grows. That when the struggles do come, the next one comes, there really is a smile on our face. That, that when we get the, the bad report, when we get the, the bad news, that we can take a moment and remember all the little miracles that you've already performed in our lives. That we can draw on encouragement from all the miracles surrounding us. That I can, I can get that report and I can look at Donnie Hoke and see him ringing that bell and know that he made it through. And see how beautiful the families come through that together. And I know that there's a million other miracles in here. So, Lord, every time, <laughs> every time the struggle comes, Lord, I pray that I can, I can giggle a little bit and that I can share it with my friends and tell them about it, not in worry or anxiety, but in the Lord's about to show up, that God has got a miracle in store. So, Lord, I thank you for the miracle that is my life. I thank you that I'm still alive, that I didn't end my life years ago when I was thinking about it. And I thank you, Lord, that you've surrounded me with the miracle and the greatest blessing of all of relationships. So, Lord, I just pray blessing over this church. And I, and I ask now if there's anybody in here that you're ready to make a more daily commitment to the Lord. And you say, yeah, I love the Lord. I'm a Christian already. But I want to do this daily. I want to take my discipleship to another level. I want, to, I want to have breakthroughs and miracles all the days of my life. And if you're saying, yeah, that's me, I just ask you to stand up and let's just pray for people right now that uh, I'm not going to count to three. I'm not going to keep tell everybody to bow their heads. I want you to see who's standing up and saying, yeah, like, I know God's got more for me. I know he's got a great purpose on my life that, yeah, it's going to be a little bit of work. It's not all daisies and and lilies and all that, but I want to do it because, Lord, I want to go stronger in my endurance with you. And I want to just, I want to run through the wall with you, Lord. So, Lord, you see all of them up. And if there's somebody next to you that's standing up, put an arm around them, put a hand on them. Nobody should be standing alone in this moment. Because you're never standing alone. And we need to make sure that, that we're with people. So, Lord, I just, I just pray right now for supernatural giftings of faith right now, Lord. It is, a, it is a spiritual gift. And I pray right now for the spiritual gift of faith, for people to have the faith to believe in you, the things that you've put on their heart, the miracles that are, that are on the horizon, to have the faith to believe for those. Lord, I just, I thank you, I love you, Lord, and I just pray abundance of faith in this place and for uh, vision. Lord, I pray for more vision, for more vision, for vision of a beautiful, beautiful life. The people that think that something is out of reach, for them to see what the next step is. And if there's anybody in here that doesn't know the Lord yet, that you say, yeah, I've gone to church, 
but man, you've talked about Jesus a little bit different. And I, I want to 100% 10 toes, two feet, jump in, give my life to the Lord, and never leave this place the same. That person that you're next to, we can pray for you right there. So just give me a little wave if that's you, and we're going to pray for you right now to just surrender it all, to give it all. Lord, I just thank you. I thank you that you've forgiven my sins. I thank you that you came to earth, that you died on the cross, and that three days later you rose again. My life is yours. I give it all to you. I don't want you to just be my Lord, but you're also my Savior. You're also my great counselor when I need advice, when I need wisdom, that I can ask you. I believe that, Lord. I believe that you're not just a far-off God, but you're, you're with me, you're for me, you're behind me, all of it, Lord. You're the omniscient, omnipotent, omnipresent God. The Holy Spirit is real. It's not a far-off myth. So, Lord, I just pray right now for the Holy Spirit to come on people in a way that they've We're eagerly coming after the gifts, Lord. I pray for new gifts to be manifested. For new gifts to be realized. For people to realize that God has put a gift inside of you. That each and every one of you is a gift. You don't have a gift, you are a gift. So I just pray that on people right now. For any uh, negative self-talk to go away for any no I'm just this I'm just that for it to be gone (laughs) you are a child of God and I pray that eat right now each and every person in here literally knows God the creator of all of the universe is your father that you don't need to go anywhere else for anything but to the father Lord I thank you thank you that you've allowed me to be part of this and uh yeah i bless you amen thank you for joining us today for more resources like this or to find information about our weekly services visit seashorechurch.com